You're listening to the Grow Your Own Food Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow fresh fruit, vegetables, and even grains in your own backyard. In every episode, you'll get growing tips, recipe inspiration, and more. Ready to get growing? Then let's jump in. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 25 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith. Today, we're going to be talking about mulch. I know it's not the sexiest of topics, (laughs) um, or at least it doesn't sound like it anyway, but mulch is actually critical to your success in a vegetable garden. Um, Oftentimes, honestly, in a flower garden or with shrubs as well. So I'm going to be talking to you a little bit about why it's so important. And then I'm also going to be talking about the different types of mulch that you can use and their pros and cons. But first, a word from today's sponsor. So let's talk about the benefits of mulching your garden because it really is really important. And a lot of beginning gardeners, myself included, when I was a beginning gardener, did not realize that I needed to mulch my garden. I, I didn't understand how important it was. The benefits of mulching your garden, the jobs of mulch are twofold. The first job is to suppress weeds. Weeds don't care really where they grow and they don't really care much about their food. And because of that, they can rapidly take over a garden. And that's not great because that means the weeds are going to be competing with your plants for the nutrients in the soil. That's why weeding and suppressing weeds is so important. So mulch can be a very good organic weapon in the war against weeds. Mulch also helps to keep your garden soil cool and moist. So plants don't like garden soil that gets really hot. They also obviously don't like garden soil that gets really dry. If you think of your garden soil like a damp sponge, and if you wanted it to dry, you would expose it to as much air or warmth and sunlight as possible, right? So the more you expose your garden soil to the air and sunlight, the faster it's gonna dry out. By covering it with mulch, it helps keep the moisture from evaporating and blocks the sun's rays, keeping the soil nice and cool. Now, there are several different kinds of mulch, and honestly, deciding the best mulch for your garden can be tricky, especially when you don't know much about the topic. That is why we're talking about it today. Each kind of mulch has its own set of pros and cons, which I'm going to go over. And I've listed the most popular kinds of mulch here, and based on your needs and your soil, I hope that you'll be able to find the best mulch for your vegetable garden. So the first kind of mulch we're going to talk about is wood chips. The first pro of wood chips is that they're heavy, they're long lasting, and contrary to belief, they don't increase your soil pH. Their cons, just like their pro, is that they're heavy. They take a while to break down into organic matter and they can decrease nitrogen. So I've said it several times at this point, I won't go into a big long discussion about it, but plants need a lot of nitrogen and wood chips can, emphasis on can, decrease the amount of nitrogen in your soil. Now I'm starting with wood chips because 
it's honestly a pretty controversial type of mulch and the debate over what the best mulch for vegetable garden is. I, I don't know, especially if you're a beginning gardener, you might not know how much gardeners can nerd out and get way too serious about stuff. But wood chips as vegetable garden mulch is one of those things that people get very serious about. So first I wanna get a common myth out of the way. Wood chips do not acidify your soil. They might do this at the surface, but they don't do it at root depth, which is where your plant is getting all of its nutrients, which is where your plant really cares about soil pH the most. And once wood chips break down, they produce perfectly good, rich soil. A myth that's kind of halfway true would be about wood chips depleting the soil of nitrogen. It is true that wood chips deplete the soil of nitrogen on the surface. For whatever reason, as wood chips break down, they kind of use up some nitrogen for that purpose. But just like the acidity level of your soil, your plant's roots are going to be six to eight inches underneath the surface far below where all of that wood chips and you know the exchange of nitrogen and everything is taking place. So overall, yes, it does kind of reduce the amount of available nitrogen in the soil, but not down where your plants are taking it up. So it's not going to probably make a noticeable difference for your plants. As far as the weight of wood chips, that's how it's both a pro and a con because the nice thing about wood chips being so heavy is that it keeps the weeds down. It is really, really good at suppressing weeds. Those weed seedlings are not strong enough, most of the time anyway, to kind of budge those wood chips. But ugh, it is really, really heavy when you are trying to rake it aside during you know planting, during fall cleanup, when you're trying to apply soil amendments, like we talked about previously, piles of wood mulch in the garden can get really big and really heavy to push around. It's hard on your back, it's hard on your shoulders, it's hard on your arms. So make sure you got some big guns if you're planning to mulch your garden with wood chips. Bottom line, if you keep wood chips on the surface and you have a small garden, you're going to be able to enjoy a lot of the pros without a whole lot of the cons. The next type of mulch that's really cheap and also really popular is straw. It's not going to affect your soil pH. It breaks down really quickly and it allows for easier exchange of oxygen in the soil. Some cons would be that it can blow around in the wind, making your garden look a little bit disheveled. We'll put it that way. That's the nice way to say it. Sometimes it can be mislabeled as hay, which I'm gonna go into here in a second. And unused bales of straw can get moldy in storage. So going a little bit deeper into those pros and cons, straw mulch is a really great option for a lot of gardeners because it's light, it breaks down into nutrients for the soil fairly fast. It helps with aeration when mixed with the soil. Unfortunately, a lot of places mistakenly sell straw when they're really selling hay. So what's the difference between hay and straw? I bet you didn't know there was a difference. I honestly didn't either until I started using it as mulch. Straw is just the stalk of a cereal grain or grass. So it is like a straw 
straw, basically, like, like literally like a drinking straw. It's hollow on the inside. It's light. It's easy to kind of snap in half. Hay includes both that, that stalk and the seeds. And that's not great. I have gotten some bales of straw, spread it out in my garden, and then I get all of these seeds germinating and popping up all over the place. And sometimes it's stuff that you will be really not happy to see in your garden. Sometimes it can be cereal grains that are perfectly harmless, things like barley, things that are really, really easy to just pull up by the roots. And honestly, that is going to feed your soil, but it's a pain in the butt to keep, you know, pulling those things up out of the soil constantly. Also, straw can kind of get blown around a bit until it gets tamped down by the rain and the snow and things like that. So I, what I like to do when I add fresh mulch, especially in the fall to help protect the soil from leaching too many nutrients out of it over the winter is I'll put down new straw mulch and I'll put chicken wire down on top of it to help kind of hold it down. Finally, half-used bales need to be stored in a dry place, and it's best if you wrap them in plastic. And even still, that's not a guarantee. So, unused or half-used bales of straw that are left outside in the rain will grow mold and they'll grow fungus. Pests actually seem to like it too. I, a couple years ago, had a whole ant colony establish itself. An ant colony, not dirt, it's straw. I, I cannot explain it. Establish itself in one of, in one of my half-used hay bales. Mice and other rodents also love it for its insulating properties in winter. So if you cover it in plastic, whether you leave it inside or outside, pests might still find their way in. It's a little bit better if you can somehow keep it up off of the floor and wrap it in plastic. But that is a little bit of a pain to go through all of that to be able to keep half a bale of unused straw. So bottom line, if you decide that straw is the best mulch for your vegetable garden, make sure it's not hay. It's okay to ask the people at the garden store if they don't know. You don't have to buy it from them. You don't have to feel bad about it. It's your garden. It's your back that's going to be bending over to pull all the weeds, all the seeds. And then make sure that any leftover straw is stored properly. The next kind of mulch that I want to talk about is dry leaves. And I'm talking about this because I have made this mistake. Dry leaves can be a totally fine mulch. They're totally free. They're easy to get in large quantities if you have a lot of deciduous trees around your yard. And they break down into nutrients that feed the soil just like any other organic matter. Great, right? Well, okay, the cons are that they can take a while to break down. So if you think of a forest floor, it's made up of layers upon layers upon layers of dead leaves. And it's only the stuff at the very, very bottom and the stuff that's in contact with the soil that breaks down very quickly. The rest of the leaves on top are gonna take a really long time to break down. And dry leaves can affect the soil pH. So the way that it makes your soil more acidic, 
There are some sources that say it's only certain types of dry leaves. Um, I think I've read specifically oak leaves that make your soil more acidic. But honestly, if you have soil that's already acidic, you might not want to take the chance. If your soil is slightly alkaline though, go for it. Use all the dry leaves you want. With one caveat, do not use dry leaves to mulch your strawberry plants and overwinter them. And I'll tell you why. Dry leaves, and I'm sure you've experienced this before, when dry leaves get wet, they get all clumpy and matted down and heavy, and then it gets cold and they freeze and they stick to stuff. That's what's gonna happen if you use dry leaves to mulch your strawberries. It's gonna stick itself to your strawberry plants. It's going to, if not completely kill your strawberry plants over the winter, it's going to severely set them back. You are much better off using straw to mulch your strawberry plants because those hollow pieces of straw are going to insulate much better. They don't get matted down. They don't freeze in solid clumps and they're just going to keep your strawberry plants a lot happier. That might be why they're called strawberries. I don't know. I have to research it, but I'm guessing probably true. So bottom line, leaves are nature's mulch. They make a great mulch in your vegetable garden or they can Just make sure to monitor your soil pH before applying a ton of them and do not use them to mulch and overwinter your strawberries. The next type of mulch is newspaper. Pros, it's cheap and it's a great chance to recycle. Cons, it breaks down very fast. Probably the fastest of all these organic uh, methods of mulching. You need multiple layers of it for it to be effective against weeds and it needs to be weighted down too because it's paper. It'll fly all over the place if it's not weighted down. Plus, you have to be careful about what kind of newspaper you use. Let's talk about how it breaks down really fast and you need multiple layers as cons. Weeds are sneaky and they'll seek out the little spaces between bits of mulch to grow up through. With newspaper, it's kind of nice because they hit a more constant barrier and this helps keeps them under control until the paper starts to disintegrate and that happens very fast. That's why you need several layers because a single layer is going to break down very quickly. Those several layers are even probably going to break down fairly quickly within a matter of weeks to a month as they kind of get wet and start to disintegrate. And also being as light as it is, newspaper has to be saked down or weighted down with some other form of mulch. So a lot of people will put newspaper down as a, as a sort of under layer, and then they will put another type of mulch over it. This honestly works really, really well. But if you don't do it, the newspaper is gonna blow around your garden and make it look trashy. Also, you should only use the thin sort of off-white or gray newsprint paper, kind of like what you would see the, the Wall Street Journal printed in or something like that. This type of paper uses soy ink and is eco-friendly. Do not use the kind of shiny paper that you see in magazines or that you see in some you know, promotional pages in a newspaper, like the kind of paper that coupons are printed on, because that kind of paper uses ink that can sometimes have heavy metals in it. Um, And that's not something that you want in your soil. So bottom line with newspaper, it can provide a great one-two punch against weeds when it's used with another kind of mulch. 
Just make sure you use enough of it and make sure you watch out for what kind of newspaper you're using. Finally, last but not least, we have cardboard. Very similar to newspaper in that it's also a great chance to recycle. It's organic. It has the benefit of being much longer lasting than newspaper, but its cons are that it's harder to work with because it's very stiff. So in terms of positioning, it can be kind of difficult unless you've shredded it. And I don't know about you, but I don't know any places that shred cardboard, so you would have to do it by hand. And also, just like those shiny newspaper pages, you shouldn't use coated cardboard or cardboard that's printed with certain inks. So just sort of really quickly, that's kind of the story on using cardboard. It's pretty self-explanatory, honestly. Since it's hard to know what kind of ink is used on cardboard sometimes and its size makes it awkward to use, cardboard might be best for lining the paths between garden beds and landscaping beds that don't include edible plants. So I've included it here as something to consider, something that you can use elsewhere in your garden, but honestly, for a few good reasons, I wouldn't recommend, you know, using it to mulch your vegetable plants. Now, really quick, I want to end this episode with a really quick primer on how to mulch. And honestly, as you can kind of tell, there's really no right or wrong thing to mulch, except for maybe cardboard. Um, but honestly, if you used cardboard before and you haven't noticed any issues and you know that you're using a cardboard that doesn't have any sort of harmful ink, um, then please, by all means, continue using it. Choose what's best for you. What's more important, honestly, in all these different types of mulch is how you apply it. When it comes to mulching over directly sown seed, so seed that you have planted directly into the garden, you want to mulch very lightly over any seed that you've directly sown. And I would honestly not use newspaper or cardboard over directly sown seed because it's going to be far too heavy for those germinated seedlings to pop up through. Once those seedlings have grown a bit bigger, you can mulch a lot heavier, you can use newspaper, you can use cardboard around it. Two, avoid mulching all the way up to the stem of the plant. Try for about an inch wide ring around the stem. Some plants don't like mulch to kind of like be touching their stems. Honestly, it might just be like a self-preservation thing. I haven't really read any research about why that is, but it's also going to help create kind of a little well for water when it rains or when you water the garden. It's going to create a well for that, you know, water to kind of drip off and run down into that ring that's right around the stem. No matter what you think is the best mulch for vegetable gardens, and again, everybody believes differently, know that it will break down. You will likely need to add more mulch throughout the growing season. You'll definitely need to add new mulch at least once a year. So either make sure you have extra on hand or make sure it's readily available at a local store or a local garden center. By next year, you should see that the underlayer of your mulch is broken down quite a lot into good usable organic matter. You might have some large chunks left if you're using things like wood chips, and that's totally fine. Like I said, it will eventually break down. You can reuse whatever hasn't broken down again, but you're probably going to have to add more. 
It might feel like a never-ending chore, sort of like weeding, but like I said at the very beginning of the episode, it goes a long way to keeping your plants happy and healthy. That is it for today's episode. I know that was a lot of information. If you have any questions, feel free to leave me a voice message at anchor.fm slash growyourownfood. If not, thank you so very much for listening. Tell somebody about the podcast, why don't you? And I will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.